Welcome to the neighborhood. Happy Hood the Podcast, where we deliver meaningful content to grow your faith, well-being, and leadership skills. Hey neighbor, I'm your favorite neighbor, Jay Murray, lifestyle coach, inspiring others to develop self-worth through leadership applications that will enable them to live in purpose. Happy Hood the Podcast. Finish message what you start. Welcome back to the neighborhood. Welcome to Happy Hill, the podcast. I'm your favorite neighbor, Jay Murray. This is where we provide you everything from tips on leadership, faith, and well-being. I'm so glad you decided to stop in for another edition of Happy Hood, the podcast. And today's guest has worked with over 100 plus NCAA teams and businesses, coaching and developing culture. In addition, he has delivered keynote addresses and hosted workshops uh, and authored multiple books and regularly appears on podcasts to discuss leadership. Please welcome to the neighborhood, David Kitchen, better known as Coach Kitch. How you doing, my man? Jay, my guy, man. I'm fired up to be here, man. I'm, I'm excited. I know the platform you've built and Man, I'm just excited to be a part of it, man. It's a great, it's a great day to be great. So let's let's have a great conversation. It is a great day to be great. Just let that resonate and and let, let that marinate for a moment. Um, and and the reason why I I say that is I had a little technical difficulty, uh, with my camera, and and David was just like I should say, Coach Kitch was like, hey. Pivot is what is what makes us. This this is what makes us right there. We need every now and then some adversity. And as you said, this is a day, you know what? Let's be great. Let's be great today. And um, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, family, and that's around leadership. As um, you know, if you're not familiar with the podcast or you're familiar with the podcast, you know, or you have heard me or you will hear, hear me say that leadership is not a title, but a choice, but a choice. And just reading up, up on um, David Kitchen, Coach Kitchen um, bio, in which again, you can go check out a lot of his information on edgeleadershipacademy.com. We'll throw that out and we'll put that in the podcast taglines and within the um, the show notes. So definitely go check that out. So, so Coach Kitch, I, I guess just starting out, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, yeah, man. give us some, some insight of just like how you grew up. I'm always interested to hear, like, how did you get here? <laughs> you know, um, so you can go as slow or as fast <laughs> as you want, but tell us a little bit about your, your background, my man. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think if you go back a few years and you, and you told people, you know, that this is where I would be, they wouldn't believe you. Um, and myself included, you know, myself included. So, uh, to, to, to take it all the way back, man, to where it started, I, I was given the best gift that I've ever been given by the man upstairs. And that's the fact that I was born into a single parent household. Um, I was raised by my mother. I never met my biological father. Um, and, and I, tr- I truly genuinely mean that when I say it was the best gift I was ever given. Um, it taught me so much and it gave me an opportunity to learn, uh, to be the man of the house at a very young age. And it also gave me the opportunity to learn to lead with love, right? And not a lot of young men get that opportunity. So I'm, I'm blessed for that, man. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. 
Um, and so I had a stepfather that was in the picture. That's my, my brother's biological father. Um, he struggled with addiction, struggled with some different things. And so I saw some things at a young age that, you know, traditionally kids shouldn't see. And, and I always, I always make sure to say it wasn't a late night A&E special, right? I, I want to make sure that that's clear. It, it was, it, there's so many people that had it worse than me, man. Um, but there's, there's things that I saw, you know, and it, and it mm-hmm. shaped who I became. I became very emotionally intelligent at a young age because I had to be, right? I had to feel out the room. I had to feel out the vibe. Um, and so that taught me a lot. And from there, man, I had the opportunity to play high school football um, at a, 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 a high school that if you've ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights, imagine that dropped in the middle of rural Pennsylvania. Okay. So okay. literally you drive into town and there's a sign that says God family football. Um, like that's what that it's a religion. Right, the town shuts down on Friday nights. That's it, man. So, so I was fortunate to be a good player on a great team. Um, and got the chance to ride some coattails. So, you know, I always got to shout out my teammates and I appreciate them. Um, because it gave me the opportunity to go to college and it gave me the opportunity to play ball at the next level. Cause if I didn't play football, I wasn't going to school. You know, that's, that's just the reality of it. Um, I probably wasn't going to college. And, and so it got my foot in the door. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, fortunately now, but at the time, unfortunately, uh, I battled with injuries through my college career. I battled my own demons and I gave into my ego and the victim mentality and all these different things. And I was a nightmare, man. And so I came in as one of the top recruits in my class, the top recruit in my class. And I didn't start a single game in my entire college career. Um, and so I was, you know, by all accounts, I was a bust. Um, but I was fortunate to be surrounded by coaches that wouldn't give up on me, even when I wanted to give up on me. And so, you know, that led me further down the road of leadership. And so I graduated school. Um, I had been done playing football for two years at that point. I stopped playing after my junior year. I got medically disqualified, um, graduated school and got into IT sales. And I was shirt and tie, man, selling cloud solutions on the road, doing my thing. Yeah, it was wild, wild times. Um, mm-hmm. Making money, you know, making, making money. There's no doubt about it. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't me. And I was fortunate to get the opportunity to start coaching high school football on the side. And that was when I found my passion. Like I found my way back to the game as a new man. Like I didn't appreciate the game before when I was young, Mm. I didn't appreciate it. It was my whole identity. It was just what I knew. Right. And then I had the game taken away from me. And then I got to come back as a man and coach and be around these young men and feel that responsibility of, of having to, to be, you know, a father figure, be a leader, be, be a role model for these young men. And, and it lit something in me, man, that, uh, within a year, you know, within six months, really, we finished the season and I was, like I said, it was high school team. I called my mom and I said, mom, I'm gonna quit my job. She said, what? I said, I want to go be a coach. I said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do this thing. And so I wrote a letter to every division one school on the East coast and said, I will quit my job and come work for you for free if you give me an opportunity. And I was fortunate that I had a, a university out of Pittsburgh, uh, Robert Morris University, small D1 school, wrote me back and said, all right, you can come out here and clean protein machines and, and clean up the weight room and do that for free. Have at it, brother. So I quit my job. I packed up my Jeep and I moved to Pittsburgh, man. And that launched me on a on a 10-year career in strength and conditioning at the college level. Um, was fortunate to, to make my way to Division One and uh, get the opportunity to coach at in both major men's basketball and major college football, so Division One football. 
and then from there, when the pandemic hit, I launched Edge Leadership Academy and I walked away from a contract extension and because I wanted to make a bigger impact. There was, there was more out there for me. Um, and I knew that. And so, you know, flash forward three years, man, here we are. I mean, that's kind of the, the reader's digest version. There's a lot of twists and turns along the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but you kept hearing one word that sticks out and I want to make sure I emphasize it yet again. And that's fortunate. Every way, every way you look at it, man, I was fortunate on my journey. The people I met, the adversity I encountered, uh, the mentors I was around, the opportunities that I had. Uh, I never, never take that for granted, brother. Never take that for granted. Um, as I'm, I'm digesting it. Right. And again, we, <laughs> it was a lot, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, telling your, you like your, your background story, which I always love to start with this because it just helps to paint the picture. And as we discuss family, we're going to be really filling up those gaps because you, you really, there was a lot that you dropped on there when you talking about, Hey, I wrote division one schools. Right. And I was going to quit my job and just go work there. Hello. I mean, everybody's not doing that. <laughs> you know, that's it. Like that's, that's not just like, Oh, let me just go ahead and do that. You know, everybody can't, can do that. So we, we're going to go back to, to that, but something that, that you said, man, that really, it resonated with me. And this was kind of going back to when you were saying that you was raised by your mom and you, you was fortunate uh, to raise by, by her. And, you had to learn emotional intelligence early and you had to, you said you had to lead, you had to learn to lead with love. And, and I, I want to kind of like, just, just pause there for, for a moment because I know individuals that grew up in, I wouldn't even call it dysfunctional homes, right? I think even for, for myself growing up with a mom and dad, there were certain things that I guess, again, I didn't have the emotional wherewithal to really understand. Right. So when, mm -hmm. when you think back to where you had to grow up and really learn emotional intelligence and, and really lead with love, like unpack that a little bit, like what, what was certain things that really, either helped you or like, I, I don't even want to use the word force, but really kind of helped to cultivate you to understand and recognize that I need to read the room. Right. I, I need, I need to understand, you know, empathy, you know, I, I need to understand certain, certain things that these soft skills that is now really coming back into leadership. Right. These yeah, soft yeah. skills. Right. Um, but what was certain things that when, when you think about it, that really helped you to understand that, oh, there's a there's a love thing that you got to have with with leadership. There's yep. some emotional yeah. IQ that you got to have with leadership. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting, man, because there's a, there's a few key times that I remember that stick out to me is like, oh, this is when I kind of learned this skill or this is when I learned this, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and one of them, you know, that I, that I remember specifically was we we used to help, my mom used to work at a couple of restaurants to, to pay the bills and everything. And so 
one of the restaurants donated food to the Salvation Army and to uh, the Boys and Girls Club and the YMCA and in, in, in the area. And so she had me and my little brother. I'm probably nine years old. My brother would have been like five or six. Mm-hmm. I guess even younger than that, four or five. He was with me. And we were packing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches into these brown paper bags, right? And we're helping and, and doing the thing. And I remember my mom saying to me, she would have us help go deliver them, right? So we would ride our bike behind the truck. Mm-hmm. And then when they would go to unpack them at the Boys and Girls Club or at the uh, YMCA, we'd get off our, I'd get off my bike and I'd go and help unpack this stuff. But she would always say, hey, make sure you grab two before you leave. So in my mind, I was like, oh, bet we get free lunch for this, right? This is dope. Mm-hmm. And then what I realized was, oh, wait, we were the family that needed help. We were the family that couldn't get lunch, right? But my mom, instead of picking up an extra paid shift somewhere else, was there helping pack bags for other families, right? Instead of doing other things, she's picking up. And even after everything happened with my stepfather. Shout out to moms, man. I'm saying, I'm saying, right? And and so, like, I remember her going and volunteering after she had just got out of, of a, you know, an abusive relationship. She's there volunteering at this Beyond Violence shelter, mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, oh, she leads with love. Like, yeah. like that's her answer, right? Her answer is not to like close up and get cold towards the world. It's to give and it's to, it's to serve. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I learned that early, right? And then when it comes to the emotional intelligence piece, it was like, so my brother's father, again, you know, struggled with some things, addiction being one of them. And he was a long haul truck driver. And so he'd be gone for weeks at a time yeah. and then he'd come home. And so when he came home, the whole dynamic in the home would shift, right? And so I had to learn at a young age, like, okay, I got to fall back now because now there's a man in the house again, so I'm not in charge anymore. I'm, I'm back down here. But I also got to read his, like, where's he at? You know what I'm saying? Are there substances at play? Is there things going on that I need to be aware of? Like, what type of people is he bringing into the home? Do I need to, do I need to be the mediator here and, like, figure this out? And so I learned really quickly, like, I got to feel vibes, right? I got to feel what's your energy like. So even now as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, and I did it when I was a coach with players, like, I'm very good at, like, I can feel your energy. I I can just, Mm -hmm. I can feel where people are at. Like, don't tell me you're all right if you're not all right, because I can feel it. Like, Mm -hmm. because I had to feel it at a young age, because I had to be on alert, right? Because things could pop off. So I got to scoop up little brother Mm -hmm. and get to the back room. And make sure that everything's cool, right? And then I have to switch back into leadership mode and come back out and put how I feel aside as a child and be there for my mom because she she needs me right now. You feel me? Like, and, and it's not even like not that she couldn't handle it, but just she didn't need me crying on top of everything else that was going on, right? And so those are kind of some of the places that I learned like these skills. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, these things kind of give me a leg up on other people. Because not everybody has this, right? So again, I say it's a it's a gift. Like these were things that I was given, right? And it's why we love superhero stories. Like why do we love superheroes? Because they all have an origin story, yeah. right? And it usually comes from something poor. And I just saw this the other day. I want to give credit to whoever said it. I don't know who it was, but I saw the video about heroes and villains, right? And they said mm-hmm. heroes and villains are the same. They have the same backstory. They were both hurt by the world. The only difference was... The hero says, I was hurt by the world, so I'm not going to let the world hurt anybody else. Mm. The villain says, I was hurt by the world, so now I'm going to make the world feel that pain. 
hurt right? People, hurt, and hurt, so hurt. you got to decide, hurt people, hurt people, right? Yeah. So you got to decide, right? And I watched my mom get hurt by the world and say, okay, every time I get hurt by the world, I'm going to put more love into the world, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to, I'm going to keep leading this way because that's the example that I want to set for my kids, right? So, so that's where that comes from, man. I, and it's, it served me um, so well, you know, one of my, two of my first core values as a human are the fact that I'm honest and I'm caring. And people ask me, does that burn you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's times where I get burned. But you know what? I'm not going to let the world make me cold, man. Yeah. I'm not going to let the world yeah. make me cold. Like, yeah. it, it, it's not, because the benefits far outweigh the risks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when you think about wow. <laughs> when, when you think about it, man, I'm, you know, the first thing that came in my mind, it's, it's a cu- couple of things. One is like, shout out to moms, to dads, to uncles, to grandmas, to to aunties that were simply heroes, man. Facts. With like with like very and, and and the thing about it is I wow, as as I think about my my parents and uh, I grew up um as a preacher's kid and um mm-hmm. my mom and dad um you know, they 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 served and that's where I got a lot of my servant leadership skills from you know Mm -hmm. at the time i didn't realize that but as i think back and and observe and i mean not reserve but reflect on why i do the certain things that i do why i pour out myself to others why i leave sometimes with so with so much passion um and and having compassion for others is because i saw that and I took, I, I was taking mental notes, even though at the time I probably didn't even know I was taking these mental notes and, and family, I, I say that is that I say that one, I believe we all have those type of moments when we think about like leadership. And again, leadership is not a title, but a choice. Your mom and choosing to lead with love, right? It, it wasn't trying to be that I am the top volunteer and this is my role, but this is what I was called to do. Right. This, this is what I was called to be great at, at, at in, in this moment. And to, to see these examples that we, we grew up with and how that plays a part in, in our leadership is, is, is phenomenal to, to me. So we can never, forget our grown our, our, how we grew up we can never forget those moments to your point where you said and maybe you didn't realize it was a gift at that time but now right. it has become a gift maybe that time well, I, I i can only imagine those moments and even maybe you if you have processing to be very traumatic yeah i, I mean they, they definitely were right but i come to a point where I look at things like every scar has got a story, man. Yeah. Like every, every scar got a story, bro. And and you look at it and you're able to say, yeah, this is what I learned from that. Right. These are the things, this is what led me to where I am now. And if I didn't have those experiences, I would be a different person. Yeah. I would be a different man. Right. And, and I, and I, I love the way I lead. I love the way that I'm able to connect with people. Like I'm okay with the, the downside of it. Right. And, did it take work for sure, man? Absolutely. You know, I, there were, there were times, like I said, when I got to college, 
I played the victim card. Yeah, I played yeah. the 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 ego and the I'm upset about you know not meeting my dad and this that and the. I played that stuff. I felt mm-hmm. sorry for myself, right? And then it got to a point where it was like this stuff isn't serving me. Mm. This anger is not serving mm. me. This hate's not serving me. Mm. These things that I'm putting out into the world they're not mm. serving me, mm. right? And 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 my relationships with people and the way that I was doing going about my business like it wasn't serving me. Yeah. And not only that after I would have those moments of ego and this, that, and the other, it was a self-awareness to be able to say, man, I, these people are looking at me the way I used to look at my stepfather mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to feel that way. Right. So that's, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta process this stuff yeah. because I can't keep going on this way. Yeah. Right. And then once I started to, yeah. I started, right. You start to plant the new seeds mm-hmm. and then you start to harvest some of those seeds mm-hmm. and you start to see the fruit you're getting and you're like, Oh, my life is now going this way. Yeah. I'm now seeing the benefits of doing this work, mm-hmm. right? And so now, years later, to this day, I still say there's a direct correlation between the more work I do on myself, the better my relationships get, the better my life gets, the better my business gets, the better everything gets, right? But in order to do that, you got to go to the dungeon and you got to spend mm-hmm. some time with your demons and you got to look them in the eye and call them what they are. Mm-hmm. Call them on the carpet, right? And deal with that stuff. Um, and that's something that I, I push to all leaders. Yeah. I push that, especially to men. And yeah. in particular, we'll get real direct here. African American men. Mm-hmm. We got to deal with our stuff, man. We yeah. have to, yeah. right? That vulnerability gives you strength. And then you can lead your family and your community the way we're supposed to, right? Yeah. And, and I don't want to get on too much of a soapbox, but no, no, you know, no, that, that's my feelings on that. Coach Kitch, man, this this is this is what it's about, man. This is about you listen to Happy Hill the podcast, talking with Coach Kitch, the uh founder and owner of Edge Leadership Academy. You can definitely go check it out at edgeleadershipacademy.com. Um wow, man, something um as you were saying about you didn't want to play the victim card. I thought about the what you just said about the hero and, and the villain. It's like the villain, man, you you played the victim card because the world did you wrong, but then you turn around like, we you know what I'm gonna do other people wrong. Right? right. And 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 to, to your point where it's just not serving me. There's something deeper within my calling, and which I believe like your God calling, that in order for you to be who you are today, that part or that season had to be part of your story. Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. I needed it. I needed it. Yeah. You know, I, I needed that. Um, and it, and it, when you, when you take those glasses off, right. And yeah. the victim glasses and, and you start to see life in HD yeah. and you start to say like, Hey, I'm responsible for my decisions. I'm responsible for my life. I'm responsible for the outcomes. Like there's so much power in that. And then you become, like obsessed with the improvement and you become obsessed with like, how much better can I get? How much more can I improve my relationships? How much more good can I put out? Right. Because it's me making the decisions. I got my hands on the wheel now before mm-hmm. I was letting everybody else steer mm-hmm. right now. It's, it's me steering. And so now I can step into what I believe is, is my hero's journey. Right. But, but you have to go through that. You have, you got yeah. And we try and rush through the storms in our life. We try and rush through them and then we close the chapter and we say, we don't talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Right. And especially as men, especially yeah. as men, we yeah. say, Hey, I don't talk about that. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you saw. Did you see the new Creed movie? I don't know if you've seen Creed, the new yeah. Creed yeah. movie. Yeah. The scene where he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. it's like yeah. that's yeah. that's that's what we do, right? But if you it's do that, the road, then you man. you miss the lessons. You miss the feedback, right? The world is giving you feedback, and all the answers are in the book. You just got to be willing to sit and read the pages. And, and and that's why I say every scar has a story, right? You have to be able to relive that. And so the way that I put it to people is like, if your life is a hallway, right? We walk down this hallway and we open a door a crack and we see things we don't like and then we, we close the door. Mm-hmm. Well, if you never go all the way in the room, you never get to read the lessons that are on the walls for you, yeah. right? And maybe you can't read it right now. I get that. There's things in life that are too painful. Mm-hmm. I can't revisit that right this moment. Yeah. But at some point, you need to. You go, you, you're gonna you need to. to, and and you have you, to. You you're gonna need to. You're gonna have to. And I, I wanted to, and I would love to get get your thoughts um, on this. And we can kind of go back and forth because I have my own thoughts. But when you said that you got to go down to the dungeon, and you got to face your, your your demons, um, just like the young man that asked that told you like, hey, people tell him I got to be a leader. I got to be a leader. I got to be a leader. I don't know how to. Like, I don't know how to go back and face that little boy, that little girl, right? What What do you like? It doesn't even have to be in no sequence, anything. But like, what's some of the mm-hmm. first couple things that you feel either you did that helped helped you, and you you would encourage others to do to do the same same? Like, how did you face those demons, man? First things I changed my environment. Mm. Right. I got, I got started to get intentional about the people that I spent my time with. Right. Because think about it this way. I'm sure you've, you've seen examples like this. Like, yeah. So if you plant a seed, think about it this way. If you plant a seed and it doesn't grow, right. You you don't blame the seed, right. You blame the soil. Mm -hmm. So we got to change the soil. Like, and sometimes we don't do that because the version of us that held those traumas and held those situations and wasn't able to step into that leadership role in your life, in your community that version, you get used to that version. And so you get used to the things that are around that version. But if I want to become a better version, then I got to be in better soil, right? And and the same thing was the things that I consume. You don't put regular gas in a Ferrari. Come on, right? I'm trying to be a Ferrari, you know? Come so on. so I change, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple. It's not easy, right? So the yeah. first thing that I tell people now, you want a little kickstart, change your timeline on social media from entertainment to education. Yeah. It's a little thing. It's a little thing, right? Yeah. But that was the first thing that I started with, man. I had to change my environment. Yeah, I had to get around people that were that were exploring the edges, and that's what I did. I got around coaches, athletes, administrators, people at that at that level that were chasing excellence. And so now I was like, it becomes glaringly obvious when you're the one that's not chasing excellence. You know what I'm saying? When you're surrounded by a room of high performers, it becomes glaringly clear. Yeah. And so. You know, at that point, it started to go. And then, you know, again, I'm not ashamed to say, man, I so I sought out help. I found mentors. I, I found a therapist. I found, you know, I found people that could support me on my journey. And it wasn't out of like, I can't deal with this anymore. It was like, no, I know that these things are holding me back from, from being able to be free to become the person that I want to become and have the impact in the world that I want to have. So in order for me to do that, I need to do these things. And if I don't, then that's selfish. That's selfish for me to keep the things that I know to myself just because I don't want to do the work. Like, no, you, you got to share your gift with the world, right? And so 
in order to be selfless, you got to be selfish about taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I, I, had, I had to get very animated with my woe because I used to tell people that it's like, you don't put no regular glass in a Ferrari. You don't do like, who does that? You know, we do it every day. We do it every day, man. Society does it every day. Who does that? Right. And it's like, and, and you expect it for it to last and for it to run the way that it was built to run. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when you say that, whoo, that, that hit, that hit something, man. Um, I, I, as, as you were saying, like far as changing your, your surroundings, um, I couldn't help but to think about the, uh, it's, it's a Bible story of, of Jesus, um, healing a blind, blind man, taking him out of his surroundings. You know, uh, he took him out of the, the bills that he, he was in. Um, he used saliva, um, to help him see, and he told him, don't go back into that village. Don't go back into that village. And I think it, it comes a time, and I know, especially because I had to deal with my, myself around this, where you grew up with your day ones. But it becomes a time where your, your, day, your day ones are becoming your not ones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, well and, here, and here's the thing. Your day ones are chosen for you by your environment. Yeah. Your day twos, you choose. The day two. If you're still hanging out, yeah, let's just call it what it is. If you're still hanging out with losers at 22 years old, that's on you. Yeah. That's a choice. You're choosing that. You know what I mean? Kindergarten through, you know, high school, like, yeah, you're you're subject to your environment, right? Mm -hmm. But once you leave that, once you get out of that, you're a grown man or grown woman. Like, you're choosing this now. And there's power in that. There's power in being able to say, just acknowledge it. Don't yeah. judge it. Yeah. Just acknowledge it and say, hey, right now I'm choosing things that don't serve me. Mm. I need to start making different choices. Yeah. Right. And then because now you're taking the power. Mm-hmm. Now, you, instead of saying like, oh, my friends are negative. Well, they're your friends. You choose to answer that phone. You choose to go get a coffee with that person. Mm-hmm. You choose to bounce your ideas off that naysayer who's going to tell you why you can't do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like you, you're choosing that. So you have to be open and honest about that with yourself and say, listen, I got to curate my friend group. I got to, I got to curate my network. I got, there's levels to this. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I've gotten to now is where there's levels to my friendship. Like there's people that are inside that are my tribe. Yeah. Like that's, that's, yeah. those are the people that I, I go yeah. to battle with. Like yeah. I say, they, yeah. they live in the arena with me. Yeah. Yeah. I like love and respect and trust those people. Mm-hmm. All right. There's group two, which is a little bit outside that. Those are people that I love. Mm-hmm. All right. There's people that I love. They got good values. They, mm-hmm. they, they're doing the right things, but maybe they just don't understand the business side or they don't, you know, they don't, yeah, they don't yeah. have a complete package, but yeah. they're still good for me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then on the outside, I got let my, my, my level one people. These are my connections. These are the dudes I know from high school. These are a guy. Maybe I like to play a little golf with and have a beer with or watch the game or yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. I like them. Right. So I like the people on the outside. I love the people on the, in, on the second ring, the inside people. I like you. I love you. I respect you and I trust you. Mm. And I'm very clear about that. Right. To the point where like every three or four months I sit down and I make a list of who's in what group and how much time I'm spending with these people and what influence they're having on me. Cause I need to be aware of that. Right. What do you bring? What are you bringing out of me? Cause I'm choosing it. Mm-hmm. And so I got to be in control. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I got, I got to look at, I got to look at that. And, and so the people that are on the outside, generally speaking, I have to look at how much access and influence am I giving this person in my life? Mm-hmm. And do I like the results that I'm getting? Does it, how does this person make me feel? How does this person, what character traits do they bring out of me? Right. And then what do they bring into the table? You know what I'm saying? So again, it's about curating your soil, like figure out mm-hmm. what, what do you want to surround yourself with? And, and at this point in the world, man, geography is not, is not a limiting factor, right? Like I have friends that are in my tribe that I see once a year, yeah, you know, but I talk to them every day. And and so you just have to be intentional about that stuff. Yeah. That's, that's intentionality. And I'm hearing like setting boundaries, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, Because the the level one friends, like I I have those, um, and you, you, you know, you, you can, you hold on to that connection. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, because I think there's still, there's, there's bridges, you know what I'm saying? And, and there's value there. There's value. Yeah, there's value. There's value there. Right. And, and when you get into that, them two, two and threes, and I love how you explained that, like the threes, I think about these are the individuals in the trenches with you. When I think about my wife, you know, my wife praying for me, we praying together. I got her back. She got my my back. You know what I'm saying? Now, now let me let me take that a step further for you, right? With your wife, what is she also able to do? Because this is what separates a level three person. Your wife is also able to hold you accountable at any time. Yes, she is. She's also able to to shoot it straight to you, right? Call me out. That's a that's a level three. That's a level three. Because they got the green light. They got the green light. They know my vulnerabilities. Correct. They, they know Correct. when that's some BS. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, stop. And they and they love and respect you enough to say that. To say that. To say to your level one them. people, they might not. No, you're right. They they is and I I would say they won't say that. Correct. Right. They, they won't. They won't. They won't provide that that level of. Uh, I I even call it respect. Mm-hmm. They they won't. It's mm-hmm. it's more of a passing by. You know, I used to I used to say this when I was coaching, when players would say, "Coach, why are you always on me?" And I would say, "Because I want you to want to be great as bad as I want you to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm on you because I love you. I'm on you because I respect you. I'm on you because I can see the potential in you, and I'm going to hold you accountable to the things that you said were important to you, mm-hmm. right? And I expect the same from my players." And I always let them hold me accountable. They know they, yeah. they could call me on the carpet whenever they wanted to, mm-hmm. right. In a respectful way, but they could do that. Yeah. And with my friends and my, my core, my tribe, I expect that on the daily. Mm-hmm. I expect that on the daily, man, don't let me slip because I won't let you slip. Yeah. And it might not just be business things. It could be father things. It could be friend things like, Oh yeah. Whatever. You know, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm always, yeah. we're, we're straight with each other and we have yeah. hard conversations and then we hug it out and I thank them and they thank me, right? Like those are the types of relationships that I, I really value. And those are the types of relationships that will help you grow as a human, right? And so you have to be really intentional about creating them though, because those, those are few and far between. That's, um, as, as you were saying, and, and just kind of thinking about the accountability and, pushing 
individuals to be, to be great. I think one thing, so I, I think there's a, I can put this is providing individuals direction and giving them a pathway without projecting fully your aspiration on them. Because mm -hmm. as I tell people and I, I tell, I tell, tell my daughter, if I want it more than you, there's a problem. Right. I can't, I, right. I can't like, until you can understand the, the magnitude of the circumstance until you want it. Only thing I can do is just continue to motivate you, encourage you, but not even with, with like my daughter, even people I have led, if you don't want it as, as some, at some point I have to let go. Yes. And I, I, I would love to hear your, your thoughts on that as yeah. a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm you have been in those circumstances and, and, and speaking to a leader, like how do you motivate even your kids, but you know, your, your people that you lead knowing that is a point where you want it more than they want it. Yeah. I, I think it, it starts, man. And, and this is personally and professionally, right? It's yeah. I use the same kind of some of the same approaches with some of my friends. Like if I see someone drifting, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, like, they might become that level one or level two type friend instead of being in the middle with me. I apply the same thing, right? So one of the things that I ask people all the time is what is your vision in life? What do you want? Like, at the end of everything, right? What do you want? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be super tangible, right? Like, mine is I want to leave a legacy for my family. Like, that, that's, that's mm -hmm. what I want. That's my vision in life is to leave a legacy for my family to be proud of. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's like, if you get clear on that and you get other people to say what they want, then you can hold them accountable to that. And what you do with that is up to you, right? I, I'm not in the business of dragging people, right? I, I'm not in the business of, of dragging people. No, I'll give you a jump start. I'll give you a kick in the butt. If you need a hard yeah. conversation, I'll have a hard conversation yeah, with yeah, you, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is if you're not going to do the work, and I've had this conversation with players before, if you're not going to do the work, don't tell me you want to be an All-American. Stop. That's self-deception. That's dangerous. Stop. Don't do that. Just be very clear with yourself. Be very honest with yourself and just say, no, this is where I want to be. Okay? I want to be a bench guy. I, I want to be a sixth man. I want to be, you know, whatever. Just be clear. Don't lie. Stop saying it's important to you, right? And when you hold that mirror up to people, that's when they start to, to realize like, oh, I have to change because either you have to change or your goals have to change mm -hmm. because they're not congruent. Right. And in order for you to have these goals, then your habits have to change. Right. So there's a lot of change required for you to now chase what you said was important. So if you're not willing to do that, just be straight about it. Right. Yeah. So there's a big difference between are you incapable or are you unwilling? Because those are, Two very different things, right? Two very, very different things. And so for me then as a leader, it's my job to continue to give them the resources that they need to work through that cognitive dissonance and that, and that separation between who they are right now and who they're trying to become 
because that's hard. It's hard to change. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's my job as a leader to support them and challenge them through that. And as they reach each new layer closer and closer to the person they're trying to become to continue to encourage them and give them the resources, right? Whether that's support, motivation, knowledge, skills, empathy, just an ear, like I have to give them the support to be able to step into that and give them the confidence that it's okay to take risks and it's okay to, to, to make mistakes and it's okay to fail on the way to getting that. What's not okay is to quit. Right. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I tell people a lot when they set out on these journeys is listen, bad days happen. Bad habits are a choice. Right. Bad days, bad days happen. Bad habits are a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's kind of how I go about it when it comes to like my friend group personally or professionally. If I notice that somebody like I want it worse than them, I will try and, and, and will be very intentional about sending as much information their way as possible, right? So it might be podcasts, it might be books I've read, it might be conversations that we have together, et cetera. But I do that for a reason. It's like, it's my way of seeing whether they'll take the bait, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to see mm-hmm. like, hey, if I give you this stuff, if I, if I save you some of the effort of going to find it for yourself, because maybe you're just lost. True. We got, True. we have seasons in life True. where like, we don't know which way is up. True. And so maybe if I can give you a little direction, you can figure it out, right? So I'll, I'll take that piece on me because I think that's my responsibility as a leader to try and help you, right? So I will send you content. I'll send you, whether it's, like I said, podcasts, books, et cetera, all the resources, I'll send you this stuff. And I'll, I'll try and tug you to come with me, right? But what I'm not going to do is spoon feed you. And so I'm very clear about like, to me, that's, it's a, it's a, not a red flag, but it's a, it's a, an alarm. It's something to pay attention to. Like when I'm sending information to somebody mm-hmm. and if I ask them about that information, cause I'm intentional about following up and like, Hey, what'd you think of that podcast I sent you? Or what'd you think of that book? Right. If I, if I'm not getting the feedback or the confirmation that you're ingesting the information, like at some point I, I'm going to stop. Yeah. Right. Because like you said, I, I got to let it go. Like, because here's the thing I told you earlier, I want to leave a legacy for my family. Like that's important to me. So I'm climbing a mountain. I want as many people to come with me as I possibly can. But at the end of the day, if you got altitude sickness, I can't help you. I'll give you a rope, you know, and that's the content. That's the books. Yeah. That's the podcast. Yeah. I'll give you yeah. the resources. Yeah. If you don't grab it, that's on you. I can't stay here with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I, when I get to the top and when I figure this thing out, I'll send people to come get you and I will continue to send resources your way the whole time. I will not cut you off, but I can't stay here with you. You can't slow me down mm-hmm. because it's not about me. It's about my family. It's about the future generations. It's about all the other people that I'm trying to impact. Right. And so that's kind of how I approach it on, on a personal level. And sometimes I'm pretty clear about that with people. Like sometimes I can be a little bit, you know, I've said one of my core values is honesty. Like sometimes I can be straight with someone and just be like, Hey, listen, man, like, you know, I, you're sh- you're not showing me that you're built for the climb right now. You know, like you, you gotta come on. Cause, cause the, the, the circle our power, I call it our power circle. Like that's, that's my group. Mm-hmm. Like the power circle's eating, you know, and, and, and you're not hunting. Right. And so, so you gotta, you gotta come on. You, what do you need help with? What, what is it? Is it what, what's holding you back? Right. What, what, what are the, what are the things? Um, and so that's kind of how I handle that in my, in my personal life. Yeah. I, um, Again, you, you listen to Happy Hill, the podcast. We are here with Coach Kitch, David Kitchen, the founder of Edge Leadership Academy. 
You can go check it out at www.edgeleadershipacademy.com. Um, I think one of the biggest things you, you mentioned and, and family, when, when, again, talking about, I know we have talked about a lot, you know, this is just, just letting it flow um, on a lot of different areas of leadership. But as leaders, when we are leading others and the moments where it feels like we want it more than the other person, when the other person doesn't seem like they want it as bad as we, we want it. I think the, the biggest thing is at that time, it may be a, a p- important to re-anchor and ask yes. the question uh, to your point is, hey, what do you want out of life? What is your vision? Because to your point, their vision was once to be an All-American. It now may be just, hey, I want to be a six-man, which that is totally cool. Let that be known. I think everybody need to play that position because we got a lot of people. This is a side, <laughs> a side tangent. We got a lot of people that want to be ones. We got a lot of people that want to be ones in which you are better suited and it's totally okay to be a two, to be a three. Because so, sooner or later, that one and two may get hurt and that three need to step step up. You know, they need, need to step up. But redirecting them to what is your vision? What is your goals? Because I believe goals do change. They re- readjust, they evolve, which as they should evolve, right? And it could be that, hey, your goals have evolved. And we need we need to make sure that we take take a moment to digest that and to really think about that on what we're doing and allow that to inform the, the direction, the actions that we take. So I love what you said, you said, said that, cause that, that is definitely a really great, great, great tip. I, I, I want to definitely leave up, um, some space for, for you to talk about Edge leadership Academy, um, to talk about like what, what it is, what are certain things that, um, your company uh, uh, does that your focus um, and maybe just something that individuals, you know, can, uh, if they're looking for information, what type of information uh, or leadership um, uh, that your company provides. Yeah. Yeah. So our company edge leadership Academy was, was literally built um, to, to bring as many people into the arena of life as possible. Right. And what I mean by that is I want people to get out of the stands. Like I, I want you to, to, to take control of your life um, and step into the life that, that you're meant to live. Right. And so we want to arm as many people as possible with the skills that it takes to be leaders in their community, leaders in their business, leaders in their relationships, leaders in athletics across the board. Come on, um, you know, our vision as, as a company is just to be the driving force behind people's success. So when we come in and we do workshops, um, whether it's with a, a business, we do them with nonprofits, we do them with schools, we do them with uh, college athletes, you know, across the board, any type of organization. If we come in and do a workshop with you, um, what we're trying to do is build a community and create an environment where you can learn and grow and execute so that you can become the best version of yourself. And then also so that the people in your organization can start to lead as well, right? So we're trying to develop leaders not just at the top level, but all the way through. We want to, we want everybody to step into their leadership um, role, capacity, whatever that is at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So how we do that and what what we do that makes us a little bit different. 
we work, like I said, with, with corporate space, we work with the athletic space, we work with nonprofits, et cetera. But what makes us different is we don't get on stage and give you five tips to being the best leader. Like, that's not what I, I just don't believe in that. What I do is I try and invite people to engage in the process. Mm-hmm. I invite you to engage in the process of becoming a leader. And how I do that is by giving you actionable items that you can do today, right? So one of the big things when, when we finish a workshop is I love that everybody can tell me, hey, these are three things that I'm going to walk out, out of here and I can use this today, right? It's not a bunch of theory. So we take the theory and we make sure we marry it with execution, right? And so that that's what we do. Um, how we deliver that depends on the needs of the organization. Sometimes they're, they're workshops. Sometimes uh, in the athletic space, it's coaching the coaches. So sometimes we'll spend a whole day with a coaching staff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's, it's culture rebrands. Maybe there's some cultural issues within the business or, or the company or the team. We'll come in and we'll assess that stuff for you and help you formulate a plan and develop some workshops that we can do to, to build off of that. Uh, we also do one-on-one coaching for any type of leader, somebody that's aspiring to be a leader or just got into a management role all the way up to CEOs. Uh, so we coach everybody that, that's looking to, to enhance their leadership skills. Um, and the other thing that we do is our high performance area. Right. So for us, we call this the tribe. Uh, so we try and create a tribe of high performing people. And so we host mentorship programs um, that are 12 week guided mentorships with me. It's not with some staff member that you've never met before. It's me directly. Then we also do like one on one high performance coaching for people as well. So we do a little bit of everything. Um, we have our podcast, the Built Not Born podcast. We have our newsletter, the Finish Friday newsletter that comes out every week. Um, you can find all of that stuff on, on our website, edgeleadershipacademy.com. You can follow me directly at Coach D Kitch on all the social medias. I keep it simple. Um, and I'm always putting out, you know, video content. I mean, to be quite honest, everything that we teach is in our social media somewhere. Mm-hmm. So like, if you really wanted to take the time, you could rebuild our whole curriculum from our social media. We give it away for free. Right now, you know, obviously, do we charge for the implementation piece? Yeah, but um, I, I don't hold things back, man. I'm not somebody that's going to say, you know, click here and pay $4.99 to see the rest of the video. Like, nah, if you want the information, <laughs> here it is, man. I want people to win. You know, I, I love seeing people win. So that's that's where you can reach me from a business side. Yeah, yeah. And and just kind of, I guess, leaving on, on, on this note, man, um, to the millions and millions and millions, yes, speaking into existence people that will watch and listen this and that individual that maybe at this moment they're they may be going through a storm you know they may be going through through a season where they feel like all the odds are stacked against them and they feel like they're not winning i just want you for for a moment just like speak speak to them like yeah how how would you encourage them? What what would you most, say to them? Most powerful thing you can do when you're going through a storm, right? Most powerful thing you can do is just add an extra word, right? Because when we go through storms, what do we do? We stop, we put our hands out, we look up at the thunder and the lightning, and we go, why me? Right? Add one more word there. Why not me? Why not me? Right? Why can't I be the one to overcome this storm? Why can't I be the one to write a great ending? to this movie, right? This is not a bad movie. This is one bad scene. And so when I'm talking to to people that are going through it, man, just keep going. It's head down, eyes forward, right? It's going to run out of rain. It's not going to rain forever, 
And when it does, when it stops, you're going to be so proud of the person that you've become. And those, those storms, they forge us into who we're supposed to be. It's necessary. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. It, it's, it's pressure. It's, it's change. It's a lot of different things, man, but it is forging you into it is building the skills and the resiliency necessary for you to step into the arena and win and win big, right? So if you're in that storm right now, man, stop for a second, get a little cocky, have a little swagger and just go, why not me? Watch, watch what I'm going to do. Watch what comes next. Cause it's going to be special and it's going to be great. And I'm telling you, being special and being great is not reserved for special and great people. It's open to everybody, man. So mm. if you're in that storm right now, you are special. You are great. Why not you? Write your story. Give it up. Give it up. Happy family for Coach Kitch. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, again, um, you hear all the social media handles in which we'll have this all in the show notes. Um, you can see all that, uh, within the links, uh, definitely go check them out. Edge leadership academy.com. What's your I, I, IG, um, uh, handle again? Coach D Kitch. Yeah. It's at coach, coach D Kitch. All right. That's the I, IG handle. Um, man, I want to thank you for com coming on. I want to thank you for you providing, um, your honesty, um, your insight, um, your transparency, um, just really just your authenticity to, understand that you were called for this man you know when i think about wh how, how you started your story and what you said and how it's a gift now you know to lead with love man you're doing the same thing wow that your mom doing because this is this this, this is like it feeds you it feeds you man like this that's why i say leadership is not a title it's a choice it's these choices that you make, you, you're not only leading others, but this is helping to lead you. So keep keep doing what you're doing, keep standing on the edge, and keep and keep keep striving, man, because you, you're doing great great things, and and family, you're doing great things as well. You know, know that you were born and you was made to be great. But no matter what life brings you, I want you to do three things. I want you to love God, love yourself. Love your neighbor. I'm your favorite neighbor, Jay Murray. Till next time, be blessed.